Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock. The do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James to get started today. My guest today is author Caitlin Hamilton Summy, who earned her Master's of Fine Arts with distinction from the Colorado State University. Her story collection, To Lay to Rest Our Ghosts, won the fourth annual Philip H. McMath Post-Publication Book Award and second place in the Forward Indies Book of the Year Award for Short Stories. Her latest book, Geographies of the Heart, took her more than 25 years to write and was recently published. In today's episode, Caitlin and I talk about the importance of perseverance and never giving up on your dreams. Welcome to Lifeology. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. You and I have known each other for three or four years now. I know you as a publicist from you have your company, Caitlin Hamilton Marketing and Publicity, uh, which you founded in 2003. I've known you, like I said, for years. And so now I finally get to interview you. You've sent me so many fantastic guests that always make me cry, <laughs> but it's been fantastic. So I can't wait to really showcase you and let everybody hear about your journey, your book, and just really celebrate the amazing woman and professional that you are. Thank you so much. I appreciate that kind introduction. We could just stop oh. right there if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> just a thought. Now, just a thought. <laughs> you've been in the publicity world for quite a while. Walk me through your journey with that. So when I started in books, I started in editorial. And oh, I just okay. didn't feel that I was great at helping people shape a manuscript and tell their mm -hmm. story. But I found out that I'm really good at telling people why I love a story or mm. why I think a story matters. And that's all publicity. And so I, uh -huh. I went on ahead in publicity and marketing and I just love it. 
I get to read. I get to talk to people about stories that matter to me. I get to try to blast them all out into the universe so that um, authors find their readers. And that's what I do all day professionally. I love that. You know, it's um, when when you first sent sent me information, it's it's funny because every person that's been on my show, and I don't think I've I've turned down any of them that you've sent me. I, I'm always like, tell me how is how is Caitlin? How is she? You know, because I'm like, I've never met her. I've always wanted to meet her. Every single one of them spoke has has raved about you. Like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. But they've always said this. They're like, you know. She, before she agreed to be my publicist, like she read my book and she really went through it. She didn't just take on everybody. And so every single one of them walks me through the process of you. And I was like, that is fantastic. I mean, cause so many times, and there's no, no judgment towards anybody else have, have a different process, but for you, you really take the time to really see if the story and if the person really align with your brand and how you can help them. Because as we know, if it doesn't align, well, it's just a number and you're not really doing anybody a disservice because you really want to connect with them to to really understand the heart of the book, to understand the heart of the author, and to create the best uh, marketing plan for them. Right. That that's true. I should just clarify: I don't read the whole book before I talk to them, but okay. I most certainly, <laughs> I but I most certainly read the whole book before I work with them. So, um, yeah. because. Yeah, I I to talk to somebody, I need, I want to dive in, see what the prose is like, see what the story is like. But if I had mm-hmm. to read each book before I even spoke to an author, I'd be doing oh, nothing but oh, reading books. You no. know, right? <laughs> I get that. To see if we could work together. So, um I read as much as I can. I meet I read as much as possible to know if I'm a fit. And then if I am a fit, if they want to talk further, then I'll I'll do a proposal. And then before I work with them, absolutely, I finish the book. And if we mm-hmm. need to tweak anything in the proposal, then we do. But I believe you have to read the whole book before you start yes. work. You have to know, you know, books surprise you. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't go always where you expect them to go. So, um, and, and what, what a wonderful gift to be able to share people's stories, but you need to make sure it's a story that you're equipped to share, that you have the right contacts, the right skills, yes. and that you care enough. I say over and over to potential clients, you want somebody who wants your book, not somebody yes. who needs your book, right? Yes. You've worked on this. It is from your heart. You need somebody who can passionately advocate for your mission or your mm-hmm. voice or your ideals, or your story. Otherwise, you need to find somebody else. And we do turn people down for a whole bunch of reasons. Yeah, of course. Exactly. And I, I want uh, my listeners and viewers to know right now, I highly endorse Caitlin and definitely to recommend that you reach out to her, work with her. Because I, like I said, as as a as a broadcaster and a content a content creator, I've, I think very highly of you. And I know that anyone who works with you is going to be also experienced the, what all that I've experienced with you as well. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much because, you know, we want to work with people like you too. I mean, we've always enjoyed working with you and we know I had an, I think I told you this earlier. We had an author who was really nervous. I said, (laughs) James is wonderful. He is kind. He will, he, it's not going to be an interview where he tries to put you on the spot. You know, this is a taped interview. He's trying to provide valuable content to his listeners about your life experience and how it can illuminate theirs, you know? So yes, you're the kind of person we want to work with too. 
I feel like this, we could just compliment each other all day. So forget this interview. Yes, let's, let's just keep going. I compliment you next and then you compliment me. <laughs> let's, let's do that. Okay. <laughs> but we do sincerely okay, enjoy working with you. <laughs> okay. That's hysterical. I appreciate that. That's really kind. Now you, so obviously being a business owner, you are, you and your husband, I have an amazing family. Um, you're a writer. How do you, how do you, find time to write because you know when i in the intro here it took you more than what 24 years 25 years to write a book or this particular book i mean other, you've written other things as well what's the process for you and how do you manage all that um well in it as a businesswoman and uh, i am in partnership with my husband we feel clients have to come first mm -hmm. um and and we also have children and we want um them to come first too so i don't have a time i write i don't have a process i just grab whatever time i can and yeah. it's it's one reason that i take so long it's not the only reason mm -hmm. but um i i've never subscribed to the idea i had to write a certain number of words a day i had to commit that way um not only was it not possible but i would have just been typing drivel to meet a word yeah. count Sure, that that sure. doesn't work for me. So I find time and I celebrate that time. And I just, as, as I've said, I think once before, I just have to honor that process. That is the way mm -hmm. it is. There's no point in being impatient about it. Um, I got there in the end. You certainly did. You know, I remember you and I've talked before and you were telling me that someone in the, in the past, like one of your old instructors or professors, uh, you felt like you were being judged because you weren't writing every day. Can you help my listeners who who may have the same process as you understand the difference between maybe traditional versions? I mean, I know you just said a little, little bit about that, but traditional versions versus the working parent version. I mean, so you said you use times like that, but how do you really, how do you really, what's the nitty gritty of that, I guess? Okay. Well, the, the, the professor was trying to be supportive and kind course, and realized course, after, afterward right. that um, he, he was just, glad as I was that I could write at all. Sure, so when I'm writing, a lot of it is I'll come in maybe 15 minutes before the start of the day and give myself 15 minutes to write. Um, sometimes um, I'll take maybe my lunch hour. Um, a lot of times though, I'm writing at night or on the weekends. Yeah. And, um, and there are kids in the background and a puppy. Um, one of my favorite memories is actually not a writing memory, but a work memory. I was working mm. and I work from, we work from home and the front door flung open and a whole herd of children came running down the hall past <laughs> my office, which does not have a door. It's like an open thing. And they were asking for Gatorade and I was sitting there. I can't remember what I was trying to do exactly. <laughs> compose a press release. I don't know, but this little herd of children went through and then five minutes later, they all came back through and I just kept going because that's how I work. I don't yeah. think I could work in silence. And that's yeah. how I write. I yeah, write with awesome. noise in the background, people all around. Yeah. I really, you know, it's, I, I've worked with so many people on my show and everyone has different versions. And so I really wanted to showcase your, your life and your process because I've had people on my show who, you know, write this huge manifesto overnight, you know, all of a sudden they get like a download and all of a sudden and they go all night and all of a sudden, and that's fantastic. And I'm so happy with that. And yet there's another process as well is where it may take a little bit longer and that's okay. So I really wanted people to, 
look at the spectrum of that. Wherever they are on that, all of it, like you said, gets to the same end result of there is the book. So that's one thing I, I really want my listeners and viewers to, to pay attention to is whatever your process is, let you honor the process or let them honor the process to be able to accomplish whatever it is that they're supposed to do. The goal is still the same. The time frame may be different. But in fact, I believe when you and I were talking before, you were talking about that as far as when people feel like they have to get it done within a certain time. What, what was your what was your your opinion about that or your thoughts about that? I I think it's so easy nowadays because you can mm -hmm. self-publish, you can hybridly publish, you know, everybody seems to be publishing. I think it's so easy to want to rush to the end goal and either self-publish by pressing the button mm -hmm. or, you know, just rush to to try and get agents. And I've always told people, don't, don't rush to publication. Book first, put your best product out there because you're going to regret it when the reviews come in if you don't. And it's hard. And I speak personally about that. I mean, sure, there were people publishing friends, colleagues, clients. And I was thinking, oh, you know, I hope someday I can. Mm -hmm. Here I am on year 12, you know. Um, yeah. I totally get it. But um, I stuck to my process. And I got the book I wanted in the end. And I think there's a certain beauty in having walked that path. I said to people mm -hmm. after my launch, I put a post on Facebook and I said, I want to thank you all for being there for me. It was a Zoom launch. So people came from all over the country, all over the world. Mm -hmm. And great. this has been a really long journey and how marvelous to get to the end of the path and see all of you like lights spread worldwide to greet me it was i'm so i'm still so touched by it mm, because i true. felt like i had finished the race and they were all there waiting for me to cross the line yes. you know it took me a while but i honored my process and i'm so glad i did congratulations let's transition into the book you. geographies of the heart what is this book about this is a book about a woman named Sarah McMillan, her younger sister, Glynnie, and Sarah's husband, Al. And Sarah has devoted her life to her multi-generational family, and Glynnie mm -hmm. has devoted her life to her career. And as mm -hmm. they grow older mm -hmm. and age and face loss and other kinds of challenges, those mm -hmm. differing priorities are ones they're forced to confront, sometimes with Al in the middle. Um, this is very much a novel about the power of legacies and traditions. It's very much about forgiveness. And I like to say it's about that fragile but fertile ground that's family, because yeah. I think of that as the first geography to shape our hearts. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. When you, what, what, do you, what was the inspiration for this when you wrote it? I don't know. I write because I hear a line or a phrase or a uh -huh. voice. And this is the other reason it takes me forever. I have to write and write and write and write until I figure out what I'm doing, who these people are. Mm. Um, so the inspiration was, I don't know. I just heard yeah. something of Sarah and I wrote it. Um, mm. And then I spent years figuring out who she was and what her problem was. Because as you know, all fiction has to have a conflict, right? Yes, of course. Of course it is. Uh, I, 
I use the term because you and I have talked before about this. That's why this is so fresh in my mind. You use a term before, maybe it wasn't a specific term, but there's some people who know where the plot goes and some writers who don't know where the plot goes. Is there a specific term for that or did I make that up? No, you didn't. Um, there are okay. plotters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are plotters and there are pantsers. So the plotters yeah. lay everything out. They know exactly where they're going. And that's a process that works great for them. Uh-huh. And then there are the pantsers like me okay. who have no idea where we're going. We just yeah. dive in. And so, and that's who I am. I just dive in mm-hmm. and it, it probably does take a lot more time, but that is how I work. Yeah. Have you ever done the Myers-Briggs before? Myers-Briggs trait inventory? I don't, I don't know. I think maybe I have way back when. Yeah. Long I'm just ago randomly thinking of something. So when people, the, there are four, um, there are four letters or four categories, and the last one is about is is a certain way how people make judgment. And so I was just curious. There's no correlation there whatsoever, but I was just thinking from my psychological mind if if there was a correlation between the people who have the understand specifically step by step versus people who have there are so many options. Let me see what that looks like. But anyway, no correlation. But I was just I curious there with my own psychological mind. If you yeah. offline, if you ever if you ever take it, let me know. Shoot me an email. I'd be curious to hear more about that. Yeah, you may have a whole article there or a new show. I might. You never know. Here we go. (laughs) You heard it here first, y'all. Yes, that's right. Oh, my gosh, y'all. I love it. Of course, I'm in the South, so I love it. So, (laughs) With this book there, so you have, you heard, you heard, you heard the voice. My hands are in parentheses here. A quotation, Jada. You created this concept when, with the conflict that was happening, was there anything in your life that was similar to that? Um, I do get this question. I think people are very interested in this because it's a really emotional book. Mm -hmm. Um, It is true that I grew up in a multi-generational family, Mm -hmm. um, but I was never a caretaker for my grandparents. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the best way to describe it is that I write and I don't know what I'm writing and I build the story as I go. And it's almost like weaving and Mm -hmm. a, a thread will pop in and I'll think, Oh, how funny that popped in because that is a thread from my life. So the story is fiction, but certainly if you know me well, there are things in it that you might say, Oh, I, I recognize that. Mm -hmm. Um, But in my first book, I made a a big point to thank my happy family who is very close because I didn't want people to make assumptions. Of course. Um, Yeah, I get that. I didn't in this one. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I've mentioned to you before, what's really important to me is that the book be emotionally true, that yes. in such yes. an emotional novel, that what the characters are doing, what they're going through, how they feel, um, it, that, that those emotions and things feel true to people, realistic, it's authentic, not cheap, yep. authentic. Mm-hmm. That's the word mm-hmm. I mean, that it is an yeah. authentic story. And whether or not you like it or like the characters. Sure. I hope people will respect that the book and the effort and, and the authenticity, even if it's not for them. Right. Sure. Yeah. And and I, and I think, you know, when when I read book fictions, um, even memoirs, you know, any type of book, really, I always think, you know, because we have what's called lucid dreaming. So when we dream, you know, you historically, we are not even lucid dreaming, we're just dreaming in general. We are essentially the character, every character is really a facet of ourselves. And so I always think when I read these types of books, where is a correlation between the similarity of what I'm experiencing while I read this? And so there's what's called a parallel process. And there's a really cool thing in psychology. Uh, it's called psychodrama. I remember when I was in grad school, we had to go through psychodrama. So what psychodrama is, is 
Um, if you're doing group therapy, someone if someone has a struggle with something, then what the facilitator or the therapist will do is then they'll reenact that struggle, that moment, and every single person in that group, the group uh, session, will then become a character of that person who is having a struggle. So let's say I'm having, I had a family struggle, um, let's say a negative interaction with my father, uh, my mom was there and she was yelling at me, which this is not true, of course. Um, and then all of a sudden right. my siblings right. are there. So if I'm struggling with this in group therapy, the therapist would then say, all right, James, I want you to sit back and watch. This person is going to play you. This person is going to play your parents. And then this person play your siblings. And so when they act it out, then all of a sudden I'm able to feel my voice and be able to say, well, this is what I would have said. So it's a really cathartic thing when people experience it. It's, it's very, um, wow. it's very, very, when it's done well, it's incredibly cathartic and it's really helps people move through things. But anyway, when I read books like this, I always think, where am I in this? So I may not be, you know, um, I may not be Sarah, is that her name? I may not be her, but I mm -hmm. understand what it feels like to caretake to someone in some way or to caretake to myself in a certain way. So I would really hope that mm -hmm. when people read the book, they say, I may not understand the experience, but I understand the motivation and the emotions behind it. And in doing that, it really opens up their eyes to say, wow, I can really connect with these people more than I thought I could. That's interesting. Yeah. I hope, I hope people have that reaction, you know, mm -hmm. that if the experience isn't theirs, that they still are compassionate toward the characters, yeah. you know, that was important to me to be compassionate toward the characters. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've said before too, I wrote an essay about this. Once a book is out there, it's out there. It's not yours anymore because yeah. every reader is going to bring something to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you just have to let it go. And they're going to think what they think and feel what they feel. And that's just the way it is, you know? Yeah. And um, but the beauty of it is that they felt something and that's the whole experience so. they're looking for. Yeah. yeah. I hope they care. They care about the characters and wish yeah. them well. And I think that's the greatest I, compliment to receive is somebody writing and saying, I really cared about your story and your people mm -hmm. in, the, in the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is beautiful. How do you handle that when you do read perhaps reviews? I don't know what your reviews are. Um, obviously, there's many great reviews, but if, if you had any reviews, how do you deal with, or the negative reviews, how do you deal with that and as far as not personalizing it? Because that would be very difficult, I'm sure. Well, it is. I mean, it hurts. We're all human. Everybody wants yeah. um, something they've invested in, whether it took them overnight. Like you said, some people you know um, can mm -hmm. just write a whole book overnight. Um or 25 years, of course it hurts. Um, but I think you just have to let yourself feel that. And mm -hmm. it's okay to feel that. We don't have to always be brave all the time. Yeah. And then you have to find your way to move on and say, they weren't my reader and they are entitled to their opinion. And mm -hmm. I'm just gonna walk on and do my thing and write my next book. But I do think, you know, and I've told clients this and I've felt this as a writer when I've gotten some negative reviews, allow yourself to feel what you feel. You're allowed mm -hmm. to have feelings, you know, yeah, and right. I think yeah. the, right. And the only way to really move beyond that is to accept it, feel it. At least, I mean, you're the therapist. I don't know, but that's kind of what I say is that you course, just have to you let yourself feel it, but you do not live in it and you have to get up and move on and just, they're not yes. your reader. I mean, and how many movies do we all not like or songs? I mean, it's yeah. all so subjective. So you have Very, to move on. Yes. But I want to piggyback off that as well. So there was a research that was done that says uh, out of 100 people, there are four categories. So the four categories of 25 people are, the, as, are as follows. This 25 group of people are not going to like you. It doesn't matter what you say or do. They're just not going to like you. 
which I'm like, wait a minute, you didn't like me? <laughs> but unfortunately, <laughs> people listening right now don't like me, and that's okay. Then this um, this third group of people, they don't like you, but they can be talked into liking you, but it's still kind of tenuous. This uh, second category are people that do like you, but can be talked out of liking you. So that could be like a, a friend of me, or you have a good friend, and all of a sudden there's a mis- miscommunication, and all of a sudden they're just like, oh, I can't stand that, James. And then the top group of people, this is where we should always live, are those individuals who love and care about you and will always support you, even if they don't understand you. So when you think of that from a personal standpoint, but then also an, perhaps a business standpoint or, or media standpoint, know that only one in four are really going to like you. And the only 75%, um, they might like you, but may not. So just know that if you get those reviews, it's statistically sound that they're just not going to like you. So the reason why I say that is because when you can recognize that and from a personal standpoint, you realize you don't have to give that much energy to everybody. So if I realize that a person is not in my top category, which whenever you meet someone, you automatically assume they're in their top category until they move themselves down. So if I assume that they're in my top category and then they move themselves down, well, then I will always re- respond with class and grace, but I don't put mm-hmm. any more energy into that conversation or energy into that relationship because it's not viable for me. And so the other cool part is you can say, well, James, where are you in this person's four categories? So if they put me in this category, let's say the bottom category, Sure, that's okay. I don't have to like everybody. Doesn't mean I'm rude to them. It just means, once again, class and grace. We always be mindful of that. So, what I would say to anyone who has um, negative reviews is to know that statistically probable that 75% of people probably going to give you negative reviews. But we always want to look at the top 25% of people who always support you. And like you said earlier, those are your readers. It's so interesting to hear that. Of course, I knew nothing about that research because I'm not, you know, I'm not in your field. So that's really fascinating. And it does help, I think, you know, to Mm -hmm. to know that. Um, That's so interesting. Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, but when you can understand the statistics of it, it doesn't sting as much because it's statistically sound that people are just not going to be 100% for you. And that's okay. So when you really figure out who those people are, are for you, then that's where your list should go. That's where your your energy should go. That's where your marketing should go. Not yours, but just how we understand the world mm-hmm. as far as how that, how that makes sense. Or just even your friendships. I mean, all that's such a really powerful lesson. It can be very liberating as well because you don't, you know that not everybody's going to be for you. And that's totally okay. That's really, really interesting. And the other thing that interests me is that, um, Part of the reason Sarah and her younger sister, Glynnie, don't get along is not only because they have different priorities, but they all ultimately don't understand why the other person has those priorities. Like they can't oh, communicate. Yeah. So they would be in that top 25%, I think, where mm-hmm. you said, where mm-hmm. they love each other and they'll be there for each other, but they don't quite get they don't yeah. quite get yep. the other person. Uh-huh. But in all honesty, they were probably a bit down in the, mm, in the second category yeah. with each other for yeah. a while where they weren't sure they liked each other. Mm-hmm. And then they had to like dig back up to, yes. I don't need to understand everything about you. I love you. I'm going to accept you, you know? That's that's so, so it's interesting to hear that not only as a writer, but in thinking about this story, because yeah, my characters cool. did kind of, they moved along that spectrum you're talking yes. about. And that self-development, when they go from two to one, when they move up, that's true self-development to, to fully to fully appreciate someone and to accept them unconditionally. That is what self-development is. And so it sounds like your characters, we won't give away the story, but it sounds like your characters <laughs> that they were able to move from two to one in some way, in some capacity. But obviously my viewers and readers will purchase this book. 
Unfortunately, Caitlin, Thank our you. time is up. We had a wonderful oh, time. Oh, no, that was so fast. I know, it was great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if my listeners want to find out more information about you, to work with you and to purchase this book, Geographies of the Heart, where would they find this information online? All of that information is at CaitlinHamiltonMarketing.com. Wonderful. My listeners also know that if they cannot find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I will link you with Caitlin. Thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on the show today. Thank you. I, I, I thought it was wonderful. I had so much fun. Thank you. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.